Welcome to episode 25 of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Today my guest is Lisa Lutz, author of the Spellman series. The latest Spellman book, The Spellman Strike Again, was a New York Times bestseller and is available in bookstores everywhere. Stay tuned for my interview with Lisa Lutz. This is Lee Child, and I'm listening to the Reading and Writing Podcast. So welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. Today, my guest is Lisa Lutz, author of the new book, The Spellman Strike Again, the fourth book featuring Isabel Spellman, a private investigator and a member of the PI family, the Spellmans. I'm curious, Lisa, if you could describe the, the Spellman Strike Again and, and possibly describe Isabel for someone who may not have read one of your books before. Sure. Well, Isabel comes from a family of private investigators. I think of her as a recovering delinquent. She, um, Both of her parents have been PIs for years. She started working for the family business when she was 12. She has an older brother, David, who's the only Spellman to escape the family business, and he's a lawyer, and a much younger sister, Ray, who has embraced their work uh, wholeheartedly. Great, great. And the Spellman strike again. Uh, can you give us a, a brief uh, description? <laughs> yeah, I can try. Um, let's see. Well, Isabel's sort of finally back in the family fold after years of being a reluctant investigator. She's trying to take down the rival PI, Rick Harkey, and um, she's being blackmailed by her mother for something that she did in prom night 1994. So she's forced to go on dates with lawyers twice a month. Her younger sister, Ray, is trying to free a man who's been wrongly incarcerated named Schmidt. She starts a free Schmidt campaign, eventually getting her entire high school to wear free Schmidt t-shirts, which, by the way, do exist if you go to freeschmidt.com. Um, doorknobs are disappearing from the Spellman household, along with light fixtures and such, and Isabel needs to find out what's happening there. And um, there's a 100% more undercover butlering than ever before in a Spellman book. <laughs> great, great. Well, I've, I've read previous interviews with you, and, and I know that you got your start in screenwriting. I wonder if you could talk about that experience a little bit and, and specifically how that compares to writing novels and, and kind of the differences and what you like about each each form. Sure. Well, you know, I always I think that everyone, because we, we watch so many films, everyone sort of understands the language of film. And far more people would say that they could tackle a screenplay than they could a novel. And it was it was my natural reaction. Like, I liked writing, but I just didn't think that I could write a novel. So I started writing screenplays when I was about 21. And um, eventually I wrote one that got some attention called Plan B, which was a mob farce. And I basically rewrote that same script over and over again, maybe 25 drafts or more, over 10 years. And eventually it was made into a film, which um, was bad. But to illustrate how bad, when I screened it for my mother, she was done and she said, wow, that was annoying. <laughs> not, so, not exactly the response you want to hear from your mom. No, <laughs> you think that was the one person <laughs> uh, who might like it. So, um, you know, at that point, I kind of knew I didn't have a screenwriting career, but and so I didn't really, I wasn't even thinking about the difference between screenplays and novels. To me, a novel was so daunting, I couldn't even imagine it. What I had gotten used to was writing dialogue, and what I felt comfortable was that. But I also did notice that I, f I found that screenplays had a lot of rules and a lot of limitations. 
I mean, you really can't get too into someone's interior life. You you can't describe situations as as completely as you would in a novel, and and they're like they feel like a blueprint to a house rather than the house. Um, but when I started the novel, as scared as I was of the prospect, what I decided was I would write a novel and there wouldn't be any rules. So I didn't read any books on how to write a novel. I just figured if you could keep people turning the page, that was all that mattered. So I used transcripts and I used footnotes and later I have, you know, appendix in my books. Um, and if I could draw, I'd probably have pictures, but unfortunately <laughs> I can't. And, and what has been the reaction to that kind of, for the lack of a better word, kind of metafiction elements, the the transcripts and, and appendix and footnotes? Because that was one of the things that originally caught my eye when I started reading the books and, and I thought was very inventive. Well, the transcripts, I actually, I think I have a pretty good argument for, so no one's actually given me a hard time about that. And and they exist because when you're overhearing a conversation, which sort of makes sense for a private investigator, you're going to be listening in and eavesdropping. You want to hear that conversation in real time and, and get the rhythm of how how the dialogue unfolds. So when you have it in traditional novel format dialogue, you have the he said, she said, and further descriptions that slow things down, don't really let you... You hear it properly. So transcripts, they make reading dialogue easy, and they let you hear the rhythm of the dialogue. So that that one I don't have trouble with. Most people don't have a problem with that. I do tend to, on occasion, get emails from people who hate the footnotes, and they're very rude. (laughs) (laughs) But my footnotes are easy. (laughs) If they make you that angry, you don't have to read them. And, and do, I'm curious, do you think that's a reaction from, for the lack of a better word, a traditional mystery reader who is kind of expecting certain forms of the genre and, and it, it's kind of uh, surprising to them? Well, certainly. I mean, I think that, yeah, my books really don't follow even genre rules. They don't follow structure rules or genre rules. And and that does frustrate some people. And I know that a number of people have picked up my book expecting there to be a murder and, you know, a murder solved, and that's not what they find. And so, yes, I think a lot of people, they read with a certain expectation, whereas I would sort of like people to read just sort of enjoying the journey of it. There, You know, if there are plenty of books out there that can meet your expectations... Sure. I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So so what kind what kind of things were you reading when you when you kind of for the lack of a better word abandoned or 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 uh left behind your screenwriting career and started working on the first Spellman book? I I'm I'm curious what you were reading at the time or if if anything you felt influenced you or or as you said earlier if you were just trying to write something to keep the pages turning. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not a writer who was influenced by other writers. And I think that what happened for me is like early on, I recognized that the people I, I liked every time I read something that was great, it wasn't anything that I could emulate. It didn't, it didn't suit me. So when I figured out my own voice, it was figuring out that it was a voice, it was mine. And I had to, I had to accept certain limitations I had and sort of, and make the most of, of, of the things I did well. And that, Nothing I've read has truly influenced me. I can I can really say that. Like, I, you know, I'm moved by things, and and 
there are a lot of writers I love, but I don't think that they in any way compare to what I'm doing. And I tend to read more serious fiction than what I write. And, and what are some of the things you've been reading lately or that have, that have stuck yeah. with you? Um, Await Your Reply by Dan Schoen, I loved. Mm-hmm. And um, this is an older book, although it's not that old. Um, uh, Donald Westlake's The Axe. Um, that's, I, I love that's, that. Yes, it's wonderful. The axe is amazing. People had, I had a number of people um, tell me about that book over and over again. And eventually I was like, okay, okay, I'll read it. And it, it, yeah, it was fantastic. I, I hesitate to mention it to people, especially given the economy that we're going through. But wow, what what a what an amazing book when I first read it. Yeah, and I mean, it applies now, but I recently gave it to a friend <laughs> to read who's unemployed. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And she was like, why are you giving me this book? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so obviously your, your writing has found an audience because I noticed that the Spellman Strike Again has hit the New York Times bestseller list. That must feel, that must feel great. Yeah, it was great. It was also quite funny since um, the list only goes to 15, and I was actually 16 and thought I had just missed the print list, but it was a tie. Ah, which, so I had to go in the paper, which I thought was fantastic. That's great. So that can be the 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 cover line on your next book, tied for the New York <laughs> Times bestseller list. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> Made it just by a hair. Exactly, exactly. I, I'm curious when you started writing the the first book, the the Spellman Files, if 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 you had in mind the 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 entire family as you started writing, or was it originally Isabel's voice that came to you and 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 the family kind of filled in as you went along? I, I think that all of the characters came to me over a couple of weeks, and, and the germ of the idea was that it would have the feel of a spy novel, but all the players would be family members. So I knew I needed the the family members, especially the parents, to have a reason to be so suspicious of their child. So that's when sort of Isabel's history of rebellion came about. And then I, the rest of the characters just sort of filled in slowly, um, it was a very organic and easy process. I've never had characters come to me quite quite in the same way. That's great. And how's the experience been in successive books of kind of moving the the series and the characters forward? Have they come as easily to you? Each book has been different. Um, you know, I've been happy with how the books have turned out, but but the experience of writing them has been different each time. And, and I think with each one, because I'm aware of series getting stale and because I can't fall back on a proper crime to, to be the focus of the book, because it's never going to be about, you know, some, some life or death situation. Uh, it's very hard to write a mystery that's not really a mystery and keep it fresh and not resort to the same shtick over and over again. So I begin each book with a lot of fear, and I am cautious of that. Some at some point, probably in the near future, it, I need to. I will need to close the door. Not yet, um, despite <laughs> what people think. But um, it, it, they won't go. You know, I won't be spelling the alphabet in Spellman books. Have there have there been other other ideas that you've had that that and I'm curious, and, and I'm curious if you if you have been thinking of, of of other books or other characters, and if they tend to have the same humorous bent, or given some of your the things that you read, if if you've thought about writing something a little more serious. Yes, I actually um, after the fourth book was done, I started working on two separate novels, and one was a more serious uh, piece of fiction that I, I'll I'll be working on again but it's not done. And then I, I just actually completed another comedic crime novel um, that I co-authored with my ex-boyfriend in which we write um, alternate <laughs> chapters and then we leave notes for each other at the end of the chapter, but it's essentially about a collaboration gone wrong. So the characters change, you know. And so do you, not, kill, do you kill him off at some point? Well, like... If he writes a character I don't like, I warn him, and right. then I warn him, and then I kill him. The character, <laughs> not not Dave. <laughs> right. Okay. right. I know. So, so what? He's what, okay. What What gave you the the idea to to pursue that? Well, um, years ago, Dave and I talked about collaborating on a screenplay together, and then recently he brought up trying to collaborate, and I thought, there's no way we can do this and not fight. I mean, I, I just couldn't even picture it in my head. So I thought, well, why don't we create a scenario in which we're allowed to, like, let off steam throughout the process? Well, that, that sounds like an interesting hook, definitely. Have, have you gotten interest from publishers? Yeah, we're actually, like, right now sort of in the process of submitting. And so, it's yeah, it's a, an anxious time. 
Interesting. Interesting. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Obviously, you, you've had quite a success in in writing your own books and really finding your own unique voice. As you said earlier, there's not always murders, and and your books don't don't follow genre forms. I'm curious if you. I know you're on tour now, and I'm sure you've you've spoken to people who are interested in 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 maybe aspiring writers themselves. And and I wondered if, given your own experience, if you have suggestions or or thoughts on how someone can kind of pursue their own unique voice versus trying to write a, a pale limitation of of something that's out there. I think the key is to sort of figure out what you do well. Um, you know, fancy prose has never been my thing. And so I had to learn how to I had to learn how to describe things in a uh, casual uh, dialogue type way because that was the only thing I could really do. And eventually I got better at at, at certain things, but um, for me, the way I, I see it is sort of like there's this obstacle course in my in my brain, and I have to like go around the things I can't I can't do well, and like you know just sort of race through the stuff that comes easily to me. But it's also like about writing what you want to read, um, and when you're creating a plot, I mean, just think about. What do you want to happen next? This is the only thing in the world when you're writing. It's the only thing you can completely control. And uh, sometimes when I'm talking to kids about writing, I think this is what why children should write, because there's nothing else they can control. But you can create your own little world that way. And, you know, the fact is that some people are going to be interested in your world and some people aren't. And um, that's just the way it goes. That's That's good advice. So Thank I'm cur- you. I'm curious. You mentioned earlier the the collaboration with the ex boyfriend. Do you do you have have you started working on another Isabel Spellman book at this point? I just agreed to uh, a fifth. So I've sort of worked on the proposal in the first few chapters, but um, we're, we're we're still um, going to have to edit the um, the collaboration, which is called Heads You Lose. So um, I probably will finish that first. Great, great. Well, again, I've been speaking with Lisa Lutz, and her latest book is The Spellman Strike Again. It's the fourth book featuring Isabel Spellman, and you should check it out. And you can also check out Lisa's website at Lisa Lutz, and that's L-U-T-Z dot com. Any final words, Lisa? Anything I didn't ask that you'd like to talk about? Well, I would just love it if people would also check out the freeschmidt.com website because um, the Innocence Project wrote a note that was supposed to go in the back of the the first book because there is a storyline involving freeing a man who's been wrongly incarcerated, and um, we're selling Freeschmidt t-shirts. Great, and that's freeschmidt.com, right? Freeschmidt.com, Freeschmidt.com. Okay, thanks again, Lisa. Thanks so much, Jeff. This is David Morrell, and when I'm not working on my latest thriller, I'm listening to the Reading and Writing Podcast. Thanks for listening to my latest interview. If you like what you heard, I would really appreciate a review of the podcast in iTunes. It's really simple. All you have to do is go to the iTunes store, and it takes a minute or two to leave a quick review of the podcast. And that way, more people can find the podcast, because the more 
reviews and ratings a podcast has in the iTunes store, the more they feature it and the more prominently they feature it. So hope you enjoyed the interview. Until next time, read some good books and support your local independent bookstore. And I'll be back soon with another interview with a writer that you enjoy reading. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.